Hi, I'm James Carey. Dark Angel. On today's show, we have Jersey Bulls captain James Carey talking about his experiences in football. And we also have Dark Angel talking about wrestling in the Channel Islands and just how big it is. A big thank you to our sponsor, Sports Hub, for sponsoring today's show. It's great to see local companies getting behind such an exciting project so soon. If you would like to sponsor Sportscar Jersey, please email dpasport19 at gmail.com. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violent sports. Up first, we have Dark Angel, a local wrestler who spoke to me about how he got into wrestling and how big wrestling is on the island. Has wrestling always been part of your life? Did you grow up watching wrestling? Yeah, from as early as I can remember, I've been a wrestling fan. I've got two older cousins, Dad and Mark, and they are massive wrestling fans. And when I was about four years old, I can distinctly still remember them coming into our back garden and they've got these wrestling trading cards. And I wanted to know who was who and who was the wrestlers on those cards. And maybe I was just learning numbers at the time, but I was obsessed with who was number one. And at the time, it was Hulk Hogan. And uh, shortly after that, my parents took me and my older brother to a toy shop, bought us some wrestling toys. And I think it was then always through the obsession of having the toys and the figures that uh, that I've always been a wrestling fan. Funnily enough, I still have them toys. Over yeah, over <laughs> over over 25 years on, I've still got my full set of Hasbro collectible wrestling figures. And the WWE bought out a few a few years ago, so it was it was very interesting to say to Mrs. Dark Angel that I was going to start buying toys again. Um, when did you think I want to get involved and actually start wrestling? I wanted to get involved when I was at university in 2007, and that was when I first trialled it when I was at Stafford University in Stoke-on-Trent, and went and participated in some workshops. But unfortunately, at that time wrestling scene in the UK wasn't as big as it is now and I think I sort of just missed out on that cusp of of getting into wrestling via that way because there was only certain parts of the country that were still running successful promotions then upon moving to Jersey in 2012 I quickly discovered Channel Islands World Wrestling and in 2014 that was when I then said I'd got a few other things happening in 2014 that were quite big and significant in my life but shortly after that, that was when I decided that I was going to go and retry and retrain. It had been seven years since I tried it previously. But, um, but yeah, it, that, was, that was the moment when it was sort of now or never because, um, because the opportunity presented itself over here in Jersey. How did you come up with the name Dark Angel? Well, Dark Angel was a name that uh, my previous manager, my first manager, King Beard, and I agreed upon. I I actually saw, and this is a funny story, I actually saw the advert for getting involved in CIWW as an advert put out by the Merton Hotel. That when they were looking, f- when someone was looking to put together a group of athletic men, my other uh, my other fandom of boy bands, particularly Take That, took over, and I thought that I was going to be in a boy band. Actually, it was an advert put out by King Beard who wanted control of CIWW, wanted to take over everything that had to do with them, so therefore then was looking at putting together a group. He'd already got the Black Knight. When we spoke, when we, spoke we spoke about my religious upbringing and what I'd, got, uh, what I'd got going on in my life. 
and I'd always spoken about my fascination with the Archangel, but naturally the darker character in me then presented that with uh, the way of putting the two words together, and that was how I became Dark Angel. Good story that. Um, so I went to an event on last Sunday. I saw that it was very physical and very tough going. Just how physical is it? How much training do you have to do? I try and do a lot of training, a lot of physical training myself. Recently been lucky enough to go and train down at Total Transformations with Cam and Will to get myself into shape for and, and physically prepared for Sunday's match. Unfortunately, as much training as you can do, and, and I have done, unfortunately it depends very much on what your opponent has got going for, for them. And in this circumstance, Squire had still got his background in martial arts and unbeknown to me was able to put me in a in a rear naked chokehold whenever he wanted so so there's a lot of training that goes into it I try and get with, together with me mate Dirty South as often as we can to run through it's what we call sort of like 70% sessions whereby we'll get together and we'll work ourselves into opportunities where we're working our matches what we're looking to do we're planning our attacks we're planning our comebacks and everything but obviously without then trying to damage each other because it's it's got to be sort of reciprocated between ourselves as to what we're trying to do to improve but um but out of the ring i try myself to do a lot on my strength my physicality and my flexibility to be able to perform at my best in the ring do you see yourself as a performer or athlete do you see wins as big victories or is that more to please fans no, wins to me are very important. I mean, whilst I'm very lucky at the moment that I do get a lot of fan support at the moment, wins to me are everything. And actually, it's, it's quite, it quite saddens me a bit to be talking to you at this time because it's 12 months ago, almost to the week, that I, I earned and, uh, and won my first title with CIWW when I became the United States champion. It, um, it's a title belt that was bought over by Ophidian, the Cobra, from America. And and a title that we were will you know that we were all willing to compete for through the organisation of CIWW and one that as I say twelve months ago I was I was very proud to have earned. Now the only ever successful defence I made of that was on the exact same night that I'd won it because Matt Master had decided to take control of the runnings of the of the shows and the matches for that evening and decided to put himself straight away into a title shop. I just won this title. Wins are important to me. I wanted to defend it straight away and did. That was the only successful defence that I made of it. Injuries and other commitments prevented me from defending that title earlier on in the year. So that was when the CIWW organisation committee decided to, to strip me of it. And arguably, rightfully so, if I'm not able to be a, a defending winning champion, then then I can't really call myself one. So... So I was then stripped to that, and unfortunately, I've then been on a downward spiral since, and haven't actually won a competitive match in 2019. So, so that's why recently, as I say, I was looking at getting myself in shape. Maybe the avenues that I went down weren't the best. Maybe there's other things that I can be looking at. Maybe there's other ways of getting myself in the best shape that I can possibly, because the wins ultimately are, are very, very important to me. I was looking at putting that right on Sunday against Squire, but just unfortunately wasn't able to on this on this event. I think I proved in that match how physical wrestling is and how, how strong you have to be as a competitor because there wasn't a single opportunity until the end where I wasn't able to actually lift Squire up, you know, getting myself prepared, activating beast mode, being able to put myself 
in a position where I can form an attack on the squire showed how, how physical it was. And you can't do that unless you're athletic. So, yes, I'm lucky that I've got the crowd support at the moment. And, yes, I do partly perform for them. I feed off their energy. They give me energy in the ring. They help my performance. But it's the athleticism and everything that I try and get across and try and convey that really shows itself for what wrestling is. Uh, for those who are possibly more interested, want to watch wrestling in Jersey, or who maybe even weren't even aware of wrestling in Jersey... Where can they find wrestling on the island and when is the next big event? Truth be told, I don't know when the next big event is. It's not something that I'm pushing the CRWW organising committee for because, as I've said previously, I just want to get my head down now and focus on myself and my training and see what I need to do to improve. And I'm looking at other avenues and all avenues as to how I can do that. But certainly I know that we've got an agreement in place with the Merton We've got agreements in place as well at Centre Point for running shows there, running matches up there. So, um, so what I would say is check out CIWW on Facebook or follow myself at I Am Dark Angel on Instagram because anything that people want to get involved with locally in wrestling, you can find that out on that. There's also then CIWW on Twitter, or again, myself, I Am Dark Angel, is also on Twitter. We'll be posting out any big events that are coming up, and that's how people can get in touch and find out more about wrestling in Jersey. And for the people who might want to come and challenge you one day, what would you say to them? Would you say, come on, bring it on? Yeah, I'd say exactly that. Now, whilst I talk about 2019 not being the most successful year for me for my own personal win-loss record, as I keep saying, that's something that I want to address myself. My personal goals moving in, into the future are to get myself in the best physical shape that I can, make sure that I'm able to compete at the highest level because I still, as I say, having, having 12 months ago tasted the feeling of being a champion, I genuinely believe that Jersey and the Channel Islands deserve a wrestling champion. They deserve a champion that Jersey Sport recognises, that sport in Jersey recognises, because they appreciate and they understand all of the athleticism, all of the performance that goes into being a professional wrestler. That's what I want to be. I want to be the champion that's recognised around this island because of my athleticism, because of my willingness to be at the best, be at the top and be able to willing to take on all comers. So if anyone wanted to get into that, and if anyone wanted to come over, we had Rishi Ghosh come over earlier this year from Quality Wrestling Academy in, uh, in Hampshire. Great. Wanted to put himself up against Dark Angel. Absolutely fine. If anyone else is willing or wanting to do that, that's absolutely fine because you can bet your bottom dollar that the next opponent that comes up against me will face a tougher, more physical better prepared Dark Angel than what I was even against Squire at the weekend. And more into the future, once maybe your days are over, do you want to train others into being the best wrestler they can be? Yeah, certainly I'd like to put myself in a position where I can help and empower others. The support that Hollywood Dirty South gave me when wanting to get into it was, was second to none, so I'd always be willing to, to pass that on. And just put myself in a position where I can then coach and work with others to be able to uh, to help them be at their best as well. So naturally, yeah, if it's something that I personally am looking at doing to expand is to get younger people involved with. And not just because I think that younger people should get involved in wrestling, but naturally, as I keep talking about, the physicality, the athleticism that requires you to be a wrestler at the top level is something that you can transfer then into every other aspect of your life. 
So any other type of performance that you were wanting to or willing to get into, absolutely look me up. We'll look at how we can empower you and help progress you onto where you want to be next. If that's in wrestling, then fine. A very interesting look at a sport that, I have to be honest, I didn't even know it was on the island until a couple of months ago. Thank you to Dark Angel for his time and do follow his progress on Twitter and Instagram and maybe even go to the wrestling event. It really is entertaining. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violent sports. Up next is Jersey Bulls captain James Carey talking about his time in football from America to Spain and way back when he was at Bournemouth. He also talks about what's coming up for Jersey Bulls, what should be the goals for the club. Has football always been your main sport since when you were younger? Yeah, I think growing up, I lived at St Brellard, so I'd, I was always around the back every day. Um, certainly during my secondary school years, I was quite into cricket. Um, I played, actually represented the Channel Islands at cricket. I think Peter Goff took those teams back in the day. And then obviously as football got more and more serious, I think I took a back step away from that. And yeah, I guess I'm a Liverpool fan, so that's certainly the sport I follow. That's a shame I'm a United fan, so... <laughs> Um, you actually were very successful when you were younger. You had trials at Pompey, you had trials at Bournemouth. How did those chances come about and how excited were you to go over and play and try and impress those people? Um, yeah, I think obviously, like any young lad, I was extremely excited. Um, I was certainly uh, fortunate for those opportunities and I guess... They came about, I was actually, I used to do a lot of training with Mikey Weir. Mikey was at Southampton as a junior and I was training there. I don't really know the ins and outs, but an opportunity came up at Portsmouth, didn't quite work out. And um, a couple of weeks later, I was invited over to Bournemouth, um, which was again, great opportunity to play against different players of a high calibre and obviously test yourself against those players. Uh, did you play with anyone who you remember that made it? Was the level that much higher? when you went over? Yeah, if I'm honest, um, I was lucky enough to get a two-year apprenticeship at Bournemouth. And um, if I'm honest, it was it was difficult. It was You go from being one of the, the so-called better players in Jersey to bottom of the pile. And um, I think it was a, there was a lot of lessons learned in those two years. It was difficult. It was very rewarding. Um, but in terms of players I played, played with at Bournemouth... Um, so like there was a few, the players that got took on in my year, um, Sam Vokes, he plays for the Welsh national team, um, scored that good goal against Belgium in the Euros, won my couple, of, won my coupon. <laughs> um, yeah, he he um, made a good career out of it, and then there was a couple others that played junior internationals and uh, lower leagues. So this stage, I think Vokes is at Stoke at the moment, I believe. How hard was it when the end of that two years they said, uh, you're going to have to go home now, we're not going to take you on? Um, yeah, I think it, it was disappointing, it? but if I'm honest, I was probably saw it coming maybe. Um, as I said, those two years I kind of came a long way from trying to like make a name for myself. I think in my second year I, I captained the reserves, the under-18s, got player of the year, which is again very grateful for certainly in those opportunities but I think the players that they took on were Bournemouth at the time were close to going into administration and they had 
players that took on were internationals, I had no qualms about it. And if I'm honest, I, looking back in hindsight, I have no regrets over my two years there. Um, but obviously, yeah, it, it, it I, I'm more grateful for the opportunity than looking back in regret or kind of missed opportunity. Uh, what would your advice be to those young younger players now looking to push on to elite clubs? What would your What would you say to do to, to make it there? Um, to be honest, I think well for myself it was there was a large slice of luck. I'm not going to deny that, but I think for the younger lads, I think the centre of the centre of excellence. Uh, I know a couple of coaches like Dave Walsh used to teach me. I know he's still around, Paul Renton. Um, those type of guys that they're really good coaches um, and I think it, for me it was always taking on board what they had to say um, having the opportunities and using the experiences when you play these different teams I think that the junior Ireland teams now play a lot of really good teams play some international teams and again yeah you need that luck but you've got to create that own luck and I, I'd say work hard um, commit to the cause and just yeah enjoy, enjoy your football I think is the main thing um, you came back to Jersey, obviously a better player than you were when you left. Um, you came back, you played for St Paul's. Is that why is that club so successful? Because you won everything then, they're still winning more or less everything now. Why is that club so successful? Um, I, I still say this now. It's their mentality. I think that team we had there it was two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Um, Craig Colkin and Martin Cassidy, now the Jersey manager, were in charge there and the players were phenomenal. I think a lot of them are still there now. You had the likes of Jack Cannon, who was also at Bournemouth. Um, kind of that winning mentality from the likes of Stewie Andre, one of the best players I played with. Luke, the Watson brothers, you had Big Rusty, Leach, you had the, like, the list can go on. Um, it really was a team full of winners and I think it was that mentality that drove us to success that year and I think for the years prior and following um, that successful season Is the biggest game that you played in and still are playing in now, the Marathi do you remember your first one when you first went out there representing Jersey in what I'd say is the fans biggest game, is it the players biggest game too? Yeah for sure and I think if you go back to the Bournemouth days you probably play against some big teams but Obviously, being a Jersey boy, um, you always want. Even now, ten years on since my first Marathi, it's it's still something that you you look forward to. You're excited. You check the date. Um, that for my first Marathi was 2009. That year was St Paul's. Um, played. I was only 18. Played centre back with Stewie. Stewie scored the winner. Um, and again, it was a close game. It was a Guernsey. There's always an intense crowd. Um, but yeah. Very grateful. I certainly remember it like it was yesterday, and that kind of led us on. So, following from the Marathi, we ended up going on to the Island Games that year as well. And again, it was a large chunk of the St Paul squad that had that, and I think led by Colkin at the time. It was that mentality that took us from one trophy to another. Um, recently, you won Man of Match. I remember a few years ago now in the Marathi down at Springfield. Is that extra special being recognised by the home fans? Yeah, I think it was two years ago, and I was again lucky enough to win it this year. Um, but I, I've said both times it was close games. I think this this last one went to penalties, nil nil, and the one before was one nil. Uh, Jack Cannon scored a penalty, um, 
But I think that those day, both those games, it could have went twenty-one. I thought Luke Campbell, been he's been great to play with, and he he's should have deserved it both years as well. Um, and this last year, obviously, you can't look past you, and he made some yeah. big saves at big times, and obviously the penalty shootout, those saves, you certainly want him on your team when it comes down to that. So yeah, and again, there was a lot of players, but certainly this last year with Jack uh, Boyle going off injured, like. Arguably our best player um, was a big loss, but again, the, the guys around pulled, pulled the socks up and we all dug in and I think we were unlucky not to have that result in 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, we're happy to get the win no matter what. In Guernsey, you never know what's going to happen and um, we're certainly grateful for that, that medal around our necks. Do you think that this season, with the Bulls playing week in, week out, all together, the, probably the best players, bar cup, maybe a few who get picked for Jersey FA. Do you think that will help make it a tougher game for Guernsey to, to win? Um, yeah, I get. I guess so. I, um, it, the thing with the Marathis is it's a one-off game. Um, we know with Guernsey, they play out, if you look at them, they've played at a higher level than we have um, for the past few seasons. But a one-off game, I'd say the last two years, that I've been involved with since I've been back. I think Jersey have probably deserved to win it. Um, but yeah, no, I think playing with week in, week out with the players, you start to form those partnerships, start to form those kind of like those goals that you set yourselves, those benchmarks to hold yourselves. But I guess the competition we're playing against, we're certainly, while we've had success, I think we're certainly learning a lot about ourselves. And hopefully that will come and help us out come May time when we play Guernsey in the Marathi. Uh, going back to the Ireland game success, what's it like playing in the Ireland games? Is that even more special? And as a player, is it playing against different players again? Uh, is it good testing yourself? Yeah, I think uh, I look. I still talk about with like old players about the, that Ireland games two thousand nine. It was a special team, special journey. I think. Um, Craig and Martin had us prepped more. It wasn't so much about the football, it was that mental strength, I think, to go and play, what is it, five games in six days if you want to go and win the tournament. Um, we had a close-knit group. We went through a lot from running the sand dunes to boxing. It was We, we were fully prepared. Um, but that, that week was special, I think. We, we went through the group stages quite comfortably. We had a difficult, tricky game against Guernsey in the semis. Um, and that was difficult, knowing it's quite difficult to beat the same team twice in such, such a close span of time. Um, and in the final, we played Ireland, and it was in Ireland. So I think there was about close to five, 6,000 people there, which is probably the biggest crowd I've played in front of. Um, again, 18, it was scary, and it was, if you look how things go full circle, I, I think Russell Lefevre, who helps with the balls now, he was playing centre-back. Um, again, we had some great players in there. I think JP Martin scored one. But they're like the likes of Ben Gallish or Mark Lucas. Ah, oh, the team like there was a there's a f- team full of winners. I remember Luke Watson's ankle before the final. He, he had no right to be even walking on it, but yet he he plucked up the courage and he played for it, and he he was incredible. Um, like he still is now. So no, those type of experiences are great. We talk about the fond memories, but obviously, hopefully, looking forward, um, we'll get some more of them over the forthcoming years. You talk about the old players. How hard is it to? the transition between the old players and the somewhat over the past five, ten years, these new players coming in, taking over maybe the old heads? Yeah, it's part of football, isn't it? It's part of life. Um, 
there's been some great players that have been like loyal to the game like we talked about like, like Stewie Andre he had a testimonial I think against Exeter this season and it's deserved he's been he he was great when I first started out he's still great now playing with St Paul's um, but at the same time it's no different like I have a laugh with when we played for the Jersey team not so long ago in the County Cup I think me Jack Cannon Luke Campbell were like <laughs> we're those old guys now <laughs> um, but no it's great to see the youngsters coming through there's some like as I said before the Centre of Excellence do a great job um, bringing these youngsters through the likes of Young Soul um, players like Luke Shirley James Carr obviously don't forget like even people like you and they've been around for so long but yet they're only he's only 22 I think so um, but yeah it's it's great to see the young players coming through pushing us for a position at the end of the day but it's, we're all playing one because we enjoy it, two because we want to win, and obviously if it makes the team better and you get those results on the Saturday, that's what it's all about. Uh, you went away to America. What was the lifestyle change, and was how big a decision was that for you to go play football over there, get the scholarship over there? Um, do you know what? I, so when I was at Bournemouth, I was actually really homesick. Hated it. Um, I always wanted to be back every time we didn't have a game, um, and then. It, it was my parents they've been supportive throughout to be fair and um, my mum said obviously you should always like if you finish don't f- if, if you don't finish these two years you'll never finish anything so like, I took that on board and I think once I finished those two years I was ready to like and I've had such a great season playing wise with Jersey uh, with Jersey St Paul's but the work side wasn't I wasn't quite ready for that career just yet and um, the opportunity presented itself in America again very lucky um, to combine my academics and football work and yeah, it was it was a bit of a gamble, but I think that first year it was again very challenging. I think I I ended up breaking my leg, got swine flu, lost my dog. <laughs> um, I, w- I was ineligible because I played with professionals at Bournemouth, so I didn't play my first year. But in, in hindsight, it was the best five years of my like short life. Um, I, what we went through as a team, the lessons I learned to become the man I am now, like I can't put emphasis on like it and obviously the experience and the friends I've made globally now so yeah no, I would highly recommend it How hard was it the breaking the leg and not being able to play did you go through any times of I want to quit or anything like that Yeah I think I think the biggest lesson for me was obviously to realise that like I was probably quite naive back then I probably still had aspirations of you know football, football, football and I think that kind of made me take a step back and realise that you know like there's more important things to life I think obviously those around me even though I was a few thousand miles away like my parents were there for me and my friends there's a lot of people checking in um, but it was it was the support yeah the support I had helped me through that and again it was something that I realised that like right I needed to focus on my academics it kind of tweaked my mindset a lot and Obviously, in those type of instances, there's a lot worse out there. I think that year in itself, I had a teammate, our goalkeeper, he lost his father in a car crash. Um, there was a, a teammate that, you know, like, there's well, our teammates from Africa and they hadn't seen their family in years. And I think when you put all these things in perspective, I think a broken leg was nothing. I was very well looked after. But again, that, those type of exposures and experiences really helped me. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the experience. What was the actual football like over there? Was it different to what you knew in Bournemouth and when you came back in Jersey? Was it much different technically or tactics, that sort of thing? 
Um, do you know what? Technically, I was quite surprised. I think that there's certainly a stereotype about Americans with soccer. Um, obviously, the the level and calibre wasn't the same as Bournemouth, but I think it's quite hard to explain. But the way college sports work over there, you have like your Division One, Division Two, and then you've got like a Division Three as well, and then you've got NAIA, and it's not a relegation promotion. It kind of goes on the yeah. the standard of your team and the size of your school, etc. So we were Division One. Um, we we're actually that first year we only won two games, I think, and then a new coach comes in and recruited better players. We end up winning our local championship, played nationally, and I think. The level itself was probably up there with some of the best I played. Um, we played a team called Akron, I think, in 2010, and they had they went over to Spain and as a like a pre-season tour, and they played like professional teams in Segunda B, and they beat them. They played Real Madrid's B team. They lost them like a penalty kick. So there are there is good level of players out there. Um, were we at that level? Probably not, but at the same time, I think I certainly improved as a player. Obviously, the injuries I had certainly made me as slow as I am today, but <laughs> but no, it was good. Would you recommend going over there now? Because obviously we see, even with a four, three other Bulls players, and Lorne, Fraser and Johnny, they're all being over there, Lorne's over there, absolutely doing amazing now. How much would you recommend doing it? I'd highly recommend it. Um, I was actually speaking to Harry Curtis about an opportunity and obviously it wasn't for him at that time, but I think I, for the experience I had and knowing the exposure and all those lessons I learned, um, I was I couldn't speak about it highly enough. And obviously it's funny because Johnny and Fraser, they're the same age as my younger brother and um, to see them go out there was great. I think Jack Gibson goes out, he's out there, he's just finished his golf scholarship. There's a couple of other people for running, cycling. Um, it's good for, and obviously Lawn's done really well. I think he's just broke the the record, twenty two goals in a season. And again, he's got great attributes. And hopefully, depending where he's at, I was speaking to him when he was back in the summer. Whether he'll stay out there or come back, he'll certainly be an asset to the Bulls. Um, from America to Leeds, um, how was your time there? Again, it yeah, it was. It was good. I love Leeds, love the people, loved, the, like, loved everything about it. Um, that opportunity came about, I was actually quite lucky again. Um, kind of once I got my degree in America, the States of Jersey run a bursary scheme for postgraduates. And I went through a process there where, again, I was very lucky to be selected for a bursary where that helped pay for my master's um, in business, which was, again, I was extremely grateful for. I worked. Um, so I've done some coaching there and that's where I kind of got into that as on top of the studying. And then I played for an academy called uh, Raisa, which again was, there was a lot of international players. We played for a local team where it would probably be equivalent of a couple of leagues above what Bulls are in now. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a whistle-stop year. It was hard work, but extremely rewarding. And again, I guess I think everything I've done is kind of catered towards just as much as academics as it has football. And they've worked hand in hand, and I think that certainly helped get me where I am today. You then went to um, Spain to play football over there. How was it? Technically, I can imagine it, it was being much better, but um, how was it adapting to that, and how much did that improve you as a player? Oh, it was the football work wise, it was incredible. Um, we had some great players. Certainly, season there, a couple of them got bad injuries, but 
that that opportunity again was through Lockett. I guess uh, the cent- starting centre back um, unfortunately done his knee, and they had a, they had a gap, an opportunity, and they were looking for a centre back. So I kind of slotted in there quite nicely. Um, the language was probably the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as people know, I like to communicate on the pitch, and I think that was a big lesson. But again, it was one that I, I embraced, I enjoyed. Um, but we got to play against like the likes of the Mallet, like for. The Liga teams have their second teams in lower leagues, so we played against Malaga, second team, I think Villarreal. Like, so it was a great experience. Um, the players we played against were incredible. Again, it was for a team, San Pedro, so it was just outside Marbella. So living in and around Porto Banus was incredible. Um, it was it was a dream year for sure. But I think what I guess what led me back to Jersey was there was a, like there was a couple of instances with family and. It was, I was at the stage where I kind of maybe could have got another year, but I knew that was the highest level I'd ever play at. I knew I wasn't quite at the calibre of making it yeah. full time. Um, so I was quite content. And again, I looked at that as in like, right, it's the right time to move back, family work, um, etc. So I think everything falls into place and it has done so far. Playing over in Spain, Bournemouth, in America, how much did those experiences pull you together and make you the player and that you are now for Jersey Bulls? Yeah, I think I think it's like anything, you the more experiences and different exposures you get, they help you improve you as a player, but not only as a player, but more importantly as a person, as a man. Um I've been grateful to have a lot of good support from certainly my parents, my family. Um I know that they've kind of helped guide me in the right direction and support me where I can. But I think from a playing side, certainly playing with players from all over the world at all different levels. Some have went on to great things. Some have do it as a like as a hobby. Um, I've I've really enjoyed it, and I like to think I can take that on. I've started to do my coach. Well, I've done my level two now, so I think eventually I'd like to carry on that coaching that that I guess that ever learning of the game. Um, you've signed on to Jersey Bulls, obviously, first season this season. Was that an easy decision for you to sign up to this new adventure? Yeah, I think ultimately what it comes down to is it's exciting. I think the key common themes that keep coming up is it's new competition. You're getting to play with the best players. Um, you're, you're getting the crowd, the support of the crowd. I think all those things play a big part. For me, myself, obviously... I'm not getting any younger. I want it to be part of it. I think if you look at the players, the likes of Stewie Andre, like some of the older players that haven't had that opportunity, I think they were crying out for it. And I know there have been people in the past that have tried to pursue this. Um, but I think now seems the right time for whatever reason. There's a great back t- uh, backroom staff led by Ian Russell, the, the other directors, and on top of Gary and the management team. Um, they certainly got a blueprint in place, and I, I'm excited to see how it goes. And to be part of the inaugural seasons, fantastic! I think it's great for Jersey football as a whole. How good has it been so far, winning every match? Um, a few easier than others. What do you prefer? Do you prefer those easier games, or do you prefer the games like the last home game where we scraped through one nil? Um, good question. I think. <laughs> I think if it's half time and it's nil, we're down one nil, which has been the case this season. I think we like the easy games. I think, but you come from behind and you win a game. Like for example, when we were away at Dorking Wanderers the other week, we were down one nil. We got three one up, and then they scored last kick game, and it was 
it was that was a good game to be part of. Um, both teams tried to play, and I think in hindsight, yeah, you you want the three points at the end of the day. Um, I think any any player will tell you you want the three points no matter how you get them. Um, obviously, you want to play the right way, and if you can do that, scoring a lot of goals, that's great. And I think certainly in the season, we've had a lot of players hit the right form early. Likes of Heinz, he's got quite a few. Um, Daryl's been chipping and Fraser from out wide. Uh, to be fair, even, even Campbell at the back, I think, has got six. So um, the goals have been coming our way. Um, but I know that it's going to be challenges as the season goes. I think teams are starting to set up. Um, we like to try and play the right way. And if they can frustrate us and nick a goal, I think there'll be challenges along the way that we'll have to overcome. And that's all part of being a team and growing. And I'm sure Gary will prep us for that as the season continues. What was it like capturing this side in that very first game against Ash United, leading them out and 900 people? How good was that? Oh, it was definitely up there. Um, yeah, I think you don't, you don't quite realise, obviously you're just focused on the game and it's one of those where seeing all like the kids come along, the fans, the support that you listen to on the radio, yourself with the social media, um, it all does play a part and I think the players certainly appreciate it, certainly spurs them on and um, to lead them out but again it's like I was lucky enough to wear the armband time but there'll be other players that do it throughout the season um, and it's just been great to continue that and I think the support's continued I think while the attendances have dropped a little but I think there's been more support and more awareness of what the Bulls are trying to do and achieve and you know it's really exciting so hopefully it can continue and obviously this is the first season there's still that like novelty of it all being new and so how we grow and improve I'm sure that's for times ahead. Is the first goal obviously promotion this season, but looking further ahead, is it to go where Guernsey, FCR, that league there and beyond? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a question that no one quite knows how it's all going to pan out. But I believe with the infrastructure in place, the players and the, the talent we've got, I certainly can't see why we can't go ahead and get promotion. Obviously, each season will become more difficult, but... I think we can certainly learn from what Guernsey FC have done. Um, and, yeah, there's no reason why we can't keep continuing, keep improving, pre- keep progressing. I know when you've done a, uh, your podcast with Miles and the rugby and you look at how far they've come along, yeah. and I think there's an element of where there's, there's that time where on the journey the local lads will start to hopefully, I guess, be exposed to lads coming from the mainland or however it all works out. But I think... Right now, Jersey's got, with the set work centre of excellence, doing the current crop of players with the age we've got, that kind of mentality and drive. I can't see why we can't, you know, progress over the seasons. And it's nice to say that now. It's Obviously, it'll be a lot more difficult in practice. But, yeah, we'll take it this season. I think our first focus will be from the play, from the ball side as the game on Saturday. We're not too worried about that. We'll probably worry more. March, April time, we'll see where we're at. Um, maybe take a step back at Christmas, but I think it's important just to get three points, enjoy our football, which I think we're doing right now, enjoying playing with each other, we're starting to form those little partnerships. And, you know, it's exciting to see where we can go as a team and as a club. Uh, football this year, it's been a mad one in Jersey, really, from having very little games representing Jersey to having more games for Jersey FA, obviously Jersey Bulls and Parishes of Jersey, all being introduced. Yeah. Um, how good is that for both footballers and football fans on the island? Yeah, I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the youngsters. Um, it's great as a whole, as you say, obviously, 
I think the Jersey FA of the team there with Jean-Luc and Cass, they've been doing a lot of work bringing tournament football, getting us high-profile friendlies. Um, obviously, you've got the Marathi, we've got the Counties Cup that we're in now. So I think they've been working hard behind the scenes. And then if you look at the Bulls and the Parishes, I know Russell with the Bulls and James Scott with the Parishes, both kind of came along at the same time. Um, both not knowing what was how it was all going to pan out, how everyone was going to work. But with football in Jersey, I think from ever since I've known it, it's been quite a small, tight-knit community. And I think you look at Russell and James, they're good friends, they played together. And James Scott was part of that Island Games team. Um, so it's Russell was. So you look at those and they're working together, whereas the parishes will bring it, it brings its own angle with playing different more international teams on a tournament basis there's a World Cup to play for um, and obviously the Bulls as you know like it's it's your 40, 40 plus games a season where you've got a league to win you've got cups to win um, you're playing more locally obviously in hindsight domestically in terms of travelling to the mainland but yeah I think from a player's side you want to be part of it all um, you want to win it all I think we, we don't enter here just to take part I think the players want to do their best and I think by playing more high-profile games. It can only be good for football in general. Finally, what's next for you? Obviously, carrying on playing for the next few years and beyond, but beyond that, coaching, as you said earlier, is that a huge goal for you to go on and coach, maybe even Jersey one day? <laughs> um, yeah, I, to, be, to be fair, like right now I'm stuck, like when I came back, I'm doing my ACCA qualification side. So I'm focusing on them at the moment, ideally try and get qualified in that. Um, but from a playing side, you know, I'm just going to keep keep enjoying it, keep playing, trying to stay fit, injury-free, um, which has been quite good. But yeah, I think in hindsight, I, I really found coaching rewarding, um, certainly when I was in America. More juniors, um, but again, it's a long way away, I, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think I'd like to get into my UEFA-B, I think that helps with understanding of football on a different angle different level um so yeah we'll see fingers crossed eh? <laughs> that interview with james really showed that despite us being on a small island you can make it as a footballer if you put your mind to it and you take the risks thank you to james get yourself down to the next jersey bulls game as it really is an exciting new adventure within the island that needs the support of local fans. A massive thank you to Sports Hub Jersey for sponsoring today's show. If you would like to sponsor a show, please do get in contact at dpasport19 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I, I really do hope that you're enjoying them. Please do tune in to the next episode and continue supporting Sportscast Jersey. Thank you and see you next time. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of Ireland.